Hey, welcome back to the Addicted to Healthy podcast, your one-stop destination for all things health and a kick-ass life. I'm Laurence, certified nutritional practitioner and health coach and the host of the Addicted to Healthy podcast. Today, I have Laura Martin on the podcast. Laura is trained in holistic nutrition and specializes in gut health, hormonal balancing, and she's a mental health advocate. After battling her way through depression, disordered eating, and hormonal imbalances that left her crippling digestive issues, Laura healed herself through food, lifestyle, radical shifts in consciousness and mindfulness practices and other tools. She now guides others through her own healing journey with eight-week programs and one-on-one sessions done online from anywhere in the world. She's based in Bangkok right now, and she's a certified holistic nutritionist nutritionist and founder of Healing to Happy, an online holistic healing program and lifestyle brand. So I am really happy to have Laura Martin on the podcast today to talk all about gut health. And yes, today we'll be talking all about poop. So get ready for all the information and digging deep into the gut-brain connection, inflammation in the gut, prebiotics, probiotics, uh, managing stress, how that affects your digestion, what about hormones, how can we balance those with gut balancing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm super excited to dive deep into this conversation with Laura and to share it with you guys. So welcome, Laura, onto the podcast. I am super stoked to talk about gut health today with you because I know it's one of your specialties. Um, I love talking about gut health too because I think it's just a black hole that just keeps going on and on and on. (laughs) And honestly, it's become an epidemic um, in our society with digestive problems, but it's not just about like symptoms. It's, it means so much more than that, which is what we're going to talk about today. So I'm super excited to have you on here and thank you for coming on my podcast. Thank you for having me. (laughs) So I always start off with asking you about your story because I think it's very important to know how you got to where you are today and um, just to kind of get a background of maybe like what things you struggled with and why you really became fascinated by digestion and everything. Sure, sure. So my name is Laura Martin. (laughs) I created Healing to Happy about three years ago after you know, struggling with my own digestive issues for as long as I can remember. Um, My, I remember like my mom being outside my bathroom, like having a song dealing with like constipation and like all this stuff. And then I came to Thailand and like my gut was always so inflamed and so much so when I was teaching, my little students would walk up to me and they'd be like, me, me, which is like soft. Like they would think I was pregnant because my stomach was like, would just blow up after, yeah, right? It would just blow up after lunch. So Um, one of my things that I like to do is like make peace with the enemy. So I went back and I did have a, um, not so great relationship with food. I had disordered eating and eating disorders. So I went back and I studied nutrition. Um, and through that, I was like, okay, I'm going to understand food so that I can make peace with it. But then I was eating all the right things and I was like, I still can't poop. Like what's going on? Like, I don't get it. Um, and in school we started to learn about the gut, um, the microbiome and how it controls everything about us, including our brains. And so then I kind of tapped more into the gut brain connection and all of that stuff and just kind of steamboated into that, went back and got um, my certification to become a specialist in um, the microbiome and really just tuned into how my gut was affecting my brain, but also how my brain was affecting my gut and then creating healing to happy around that, giving people protocols and step-by-step 
um, actions that they can start taking today that isn't too overwhelming because I know it can feel you know incredibly frustrating and scary when you feel trapped in your body and you think you're doing all the right things and you're so used to feeling one way but you read all the time like oh my gosh they have this like perfect like they don't have bloating they don't have brain fog they don't have like depression what is all this stuff <laughs> and so like tuning and becoming the expert of your own health so that then you you can feel that way and that's kind of where this whole thing kind of sprouted about <laughs> totally and I feel like it's just become normal like it's kind of like PMS or like bloating or constipation and a lot of people don't even really understand what constipation is because it's just something that's normal to them um, and then yeah when you actually sh tell people show people and for them to experience themselves that it actually is not normal um, it's crazy it's just the amount of people who have no idea that they're even sick, you know. But for you, you were saying that you were eating all the right foods, and I know a lot of people. Um, this is also debatable, of course. Like, what does that mean? All the <laughs> exactly. right but if you are eating whole foods, like lots of plants, fruits and vegetables, you know, staying away from the processed foods and everything, and you're still dealing with, you know, issues like constipation. Um, what f was for you like the main? contributing factor would you say was there like one thing or was there something you discovered like what was it like for you so it was a duo sword on that one so it was uh, triple i don't know so it was two <laughs> things um, there's a lot um it was one what was going on in, in my head i was um really depressed so like the neurotransmitters not really yes i was depressed but it was uh, the neurotransmitters in your gut when they're low um, that is also seen as depression and that's correlated with constipation. So those two things go hand in hand as well. I wasn't eating enough, so I didn't have enough fiber, even though I was eating all the right foods, I wasn't eating enough of the right foods for how much activity I was putting out. And I didn't, I didn't know these things. So I was like, well, I'm doing all the right things. I work out, I eat all the salads, like I do all this stuff, but you know, it just wasn't enough and my body wasn't receptive to that. Um, and once I finally tuned back into that, I was like, oh, okay, so take care of your brain, take care of your gut. Incredible. <laughs> totally, yeah. So I, it's interesting. I kind of want to dive into the neurotransmitter thing that you talked sure. about because it makes sense if you're not digesting your food properly, especially proteins, then that's going to affect your mood because you're not going to be able to make the neurotransmitters, et cetera. You're not getting the nutrients in there. Um, but for you, you were also talking about the opposite effects, so like exactly. your brain health was also affecting your gut. Can you explain that a bit? Exactly. So 90% of your serotonin is held within the lining of your gut walls. So when you are, when you have low neurotransmitters and you're getting, you're taking something like an SSRI, which is actually helping to balance out your brain, it's being held in your gut wall, which is inflamed. So what you want to do is look at both of the things. If you're suffering from depression and anxiety that's going to be showing up in your digestive issues. There's so many times when like, if you think of like when you're, you have a presentation and all of a sudden you have to like go sprint to a loop because you have anxiety, right? That's high neurotransmitters in your brain that is then communicated to your gut. Um, same thing with depression. So a lot of people that are suffering from depression do also suffer from constipation and backup and bloating and gas and all of that. So if you can I mean, most of the communication does come from the gut to the brain, but it is also from the brain to the gut. That's why it's a two-way street, you know? And it's things that you don't even think about because it's just, you don't have to tell yourself to digest your food or your heart to breathe or like your, or your lung to breathe or your heart to beat or any of that stuff. Like, it's just this silent communication that is constantly going on that we need to like really tune into is the thoughts that we think have so much control over our entire body and how we heal. 
Yeah, and it's also something that affects us in so many ways, like brain fog, anxiety, depression. And it's, Mm -hmm. like you mentioned, we're giving medications for this symptom that actually should be addressed with like what's actually going on. Um, And you were mentioning inflammation. So I think inflammation is at the core root of pretty much every condition and disease, um, especially when it comes to inflammation in the gut. We are talking a lot about this. This kind of gets thrown around a lot. But what does that really mean to be inflamed in the gut? So I love that you said symptom, by the way, (laughs) Um, and how it's not the root cause. Um, Being inflamed in the gut is we are in direct, our gut is in direct um, contact with our outside world, right? So when you are living a highly stressful life when you when you're basically living in this modern world you're inflamed so it causes the antibodies to just kind of set off this alarm saying you're in danger which then shuts down the rest of your body because back in the day like in an evolutionary standpoint when we were in a fight or flight situation it meant we were being chased by like a giant saber-toothed tiger so we didn't really need to be focusing on digesting our foods or you know having children and having our hormones regulated or any of that stuff so when we are eating like packaged processed foods when we're living in a stressful environment when we're living in an urban area when we're doing all these things that set off this response the rest our body isn't focused on digesting it's focusing on keeping us alive so the brain flow the um blood flow that is needed to digest our food is actually being shot up to our brain and uh, to our muscles to keep us alert and to get us away from that alleged saber-toothed tiger. So it really shuts down everything and backs everything up. (laughs) And then we can see things happen like intestinal permeability or leaky gut, right? Which is another thing that's thrown around a lot. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. So leaky gut essentially and gut permeability is exactly like what is it? I mean, like your contents aren't just like spilling out onto the floor, but like they are spilling out into your bloodstream. So it's the undigested food particles and pathogens that then, how can I describe this? It's like when you're thinking of that game, like Red Rover, Red Rover, like as a kid, <laughs> did you play that game? Uh, it's vaguely so. familiar. <laughs> yeah, that or like if you think of like a mesh nylon, right? Like you're, when you pull it, you pull mm-hmm. it, the holes are tight at first. But as you continue to pull it, they get a little bit more weak. So when you're having things like undigested toxins, uh, inflammatory foods, stuff like that, the holes get then get bigger and they're letting in these toxins that set off that inflammatory response, which then leads to all of these immunities that we're seeing plague, <laughs> plague the world right now, all these allergies, all these illnesses, all these skin flare-ups, hormonal imbalances, you know, stubborn weight gain or weight loss. Um, uh, depression, anxiety, all of these things are set off by having leaky gut and gut permeability. And what we need to do is start adapting to a gut friendly detox kind of like, I hate that word detox, because it seems like you're getting rid of everything, but it's really just tuning into like nature's way of living <laughs> um, to help heal all of those things. Because if you are someone that's suffering from those things, um, it's not the easiest fix in the world. It does take time because you've been doing it for so long, but having something like leaky gut is really, really the starting point of healing instead of just looking at the symptoms like you addressed earlier. Totally. And so I know a lot of people, 
I would like to talk a little bit about constipation because <laughs> I know a lot of sure. people think that if I ask them like, yeah, how's your digestion? They're like, oh, it's fine. Like, blah, blah, like nothing is crazy. Um, but then if I even ask them like, how often do you go? Like, it's not optimal and they actually could be constipated even if they don't think so. But going back to the leaky gut too and just the whole you know, symptoms of digestive upset. If somebody doesn't have symptoms like bloating or constipation or diarrhea, can they still have things like leaky gut and digestive problems? Oh my gosh, yes. That's like one of the things that I always emphasize is if you have skin flare-ups, tune back into your gut. If you, Because your skin is your last organ of detoxification. So you want to work your way backwards as to what's being clogged up. It's one of your intestines usually. Um, if you have hormonal imbalances, goes back to leaky gut because it's all regulated through your gut. Um, if you have brain fog, if you have depression, if you have anxiety, if you have cravings, like all of these different things that people are just trying to point a finger at, it all starts within your gut lining. So it's not just, hey, I can't poop. Like <laughs> it's, oh, what's happening on your skin? What's happening in your energy levels? What's happening in your moods? How are you? How are you sleeping at night? What are your hormones doing? It's all tied back to your gut. Yeah, I love that you said that because it is really systemic. And if you do have hormonal imbalances or really anything, like you said, skin conditions, even like chronic diseases. Yeah, yeah, like autoimmunities, chronic yeah. diseases, like you're you're in control of your genes. You know, we we write I actually wrote this just just last night, is that so many of us are just like, oh, it's written in my genes. And I'm like, no, like the way an autoimmunity works is like, yes, okay, you have to be predisposed, uh, have a predisposition to the gene, but you also have to um, turn that gene on. And that's based on like, you have to have the toxin present, which spikes it. And that's the answer. That's the inflammatory lifestyle or food. And then you have to have the gut permeability to leak it into your system. Like it's not just because, Oh, my family has this in the history that you're going to have it. It's, <laughs> it's the way you're currently living your life. That is going to be the determiner that uh, determines if it's turned off or on, you know? Yeah, and I think that's a touchy topic for some people because sometimes yeah. if you just say you blame it on the genes and there's nothing you can do, so I might as well just keep eating the pizza or whatever it is. But if you actually have a say and there's actually like a big influence from your choices, then it can also create some guilt and be like, oh, I actually have to like do work or whatever it is. And some people are just exhausted thinking about, you know, changing their lifestyle. But it is also empowering because even for like for me i'm you know coaching with pcos and a lot of women are like well yeah i'm doomed my my daughters are going to be doomed my future daughters like they will have pcos blah blah and i will have it for the rest of my life but the thing is it can actually be reversed quote unquote and managed with you know a healthy lifestyle and nutrition and a lot of these things actually like even if you have certain diseases that run in the family you don't have to show up if you don't turn on those genes right so it is empowering because we can actually do something about it and be proactive. And even if we do have, you know, certain conditions that come up, we can actually even reverse it. It's possible. So we, I think we really need to like empower people to think of it that way instead of the other way. But it's also depending on if the person is ready for that healing too. Exactly. You know, there's also being ready emotionally. Um, but I want to ask you for healing leaky gut. So if somebody is like, yeah, I have digestive problems or I have autoimmunity or it's pretty obvious my, I've, you know, been on antibiotics. I wasn't breastfed. I've never taken probiotics. And then, yeah, it's pretty obvious <laughs> that there's probably some <laughs> intestinal permeability going on. Is there a yeah. test that we can do to actually verify that we do have leaky gut? 
so yeah they have a lot of tests out there but i think one of the best tests you can do is do an elimination diet again it goes it ties exactly back to what you were just saying is becoming the expert in your own health and i think we do turn so much to like the hospitals in the western way to just like tell me what it is so i can stop doing this but even those tests aren't entirely accurate all the time but you know <laughs> your body is like when you become the expert in your own health that's where you can kind of then navigate through so it's eliminating the inflammatory foods for 21 days and then adding them back in three days test one out and see if you have any skin flare-ups brain fog bloating constipation diarrhea any of that stuff and then you can experiment around that stuff and then how long would they if they do have how long would you suggest that they eliminate a certain food for so i actually run a program for 30 days so it's a 30-day recharge to kind of just weed everything out um because it does take up to 21 days i like to give it just a nice solid 30 just in case <laughs> and then adding it back in uh one food three at a uh, one food for three days because it does take up to 72 um, hours for your body to then respond to it which is interesting because a lot of us like if we're feeling bloated we just think back to the morning and that's why like with clients i'll do uh like mindful tracking because a lot of us are like, oh, I feel bloated today. What did I have for breakfast? When really it could have been what you had for dinner the other day or two days ago. That's just coming up now. And a lot of us don't really realize that. Totally. That's why we have to differentiate between the different allergic reactions like sensitivity and tolerance exactly, are true allergy. Exactly. Um, but then how would someone be able to know that they actually heal leaky gut? I think that's a tricky one because even if, I mean, some people, it can take three months, six months, nine months, a year more to heal leaky gut. Um, but like, how would they know? Exactly. It's, it's very personal. Like on those ones, it's very individual. Um, but they would know their symptoms are all gone. It's one of those things where like you do, you wouldn't have those skin flare ups anymore. You wouldn't have that brain fog. Yes. Your body would then um, that's when you like add it back in, you see if you have a reaction to it. That is major because usually it's not going to be as big. You're still probably going to have like some type of like, oh, like when I eat gluten, I feel a little run down or brain foggy. Like that's normal, but your skin or your hormones or all of that stuff are going to be back in line. But that does, like you said, it takes time. And I think everyone <laughs> in this Western world wants a magic pill. And they're like, okay, I did the 30 days. I'm fine. And I'm like, no, grasshopper, settle down. <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> it's definitely, it's, it's a long journey. But once you get to the end of it, you're like, oh my gosh, this is how good it feels to feel good. Great. Okay. It was totally worth it. But it does, it takes long time. <laughs> So I like that you mentioned that because it definitely is not like a cookie cutter approach. We can't just tell somebody, eliminate this for 30 days and then you will be fixed and you can go back and eat whatever you ate. It doesn't work like that, yeah. unfortunately. Um, but what do you find, do you find with your clients when you are going through this phase and, you know, like even with yourself going through the healing phase, eliminating certain foods, maybe being a little bit more restrictive for a certain time, um, how do you deal with the emotional aspect and kind of like avoiding the disordered eating patterns that, that can come about with that? Yeah. And, and to be honest, like I said, this whole thing was me, I did have an eating disorder. So it was hard when I first did my first elimination diet, it was a trigger. I couldn't do it. And I had to, I had to reach out to my naturopath and was like, I'm sorry, like this is too much. Um, and that's kind of what I take with, um, 
in my programs as well is that it's not a place for like food fear. And if you do have something rise up, that's when you have to stop and you have to be honest with yourself of like how, what's your intention behind it? Is this, is this nourishing to me? Is this something that's creating more anxiety? Because if you're anxious and you're having more stress, then you're going to, it's not healing. You know, that's the same two edged sword. Um, but so with clients is uh, when I do health histories and get to know their background, if they do have a history of disordered relationship with food, I will then work them through a different kind of process where it's not just like all like the foods at once. It's kind of testing out the route one at a time so much so that you don't really even notice that it's not in your diet. It's like, oh, for this two weeks, we're just going to try no dairy, you know, and these for two, two weeks, we're just going to try no gluten. How do you feel in that kind of thing? And it becomes your, you're like, oh, I feel good. Okay, like, let's keep going with that. And then next thing you know, the three months down the line, they're like, I actually have no dairy in like three months. I didn't even realize, but it's a subtle approach in that way. Um, so it doesn't spike any food like anxieties or food fear, anything like that, because at the end of the day, it is just food, right? Like you do have to be restrictive, but you don't have to be afraid of it. It's, it's the same stance that we were just talking about. It's becoming the expert in your own health and feeling empowered behind that, as opposed to like, oh, I'm missing out on this ice cream cone and all of my friends are eating X, Y, Z. It's like, no, I'm giving myself this opportunity to feel healthy and feel banging in my body and like to feel my hormones and feel my skin. Like, it's just, the, it's the mental approach to it, but you do, it is a close, it's a, yeah, it's a scary line to walk sometimes with people. Yeah, I love that you mentioned that. And I think it's obviously it goes deeper than the food. So, you know, sometimes I've referred clients to like counselors and therapists. I've had to go that route too, because yeah, I think that it definitely goes deeper than food. So you kind of need to, you know, explore that. Um, but it is something that we really need to be aware of because once we get to too many restrictions, I also, you know, had this experience, um, it turned into binging and that's so hard on your digestive system, you know, having so much food at one time, which is just going to create more inflammation, more leaky gut. And so even if you're eliminating these so-called inflammatory foods, but you're actually binging on healthy foods, which what, which was what I was doing, it's not helping you heal, right? So that's something we really need to um, pay attention to and be aware of. And I'm so glad that that's what you do with your clients. And I'm, I love what you were talking about in regards to disordered eating and, you know, eliminating foods, so maybe taking it, you know, a bit slower and then checking in with your body. Cause I think it's so much more empowering when you know why you're doing it instead of just exactly. being like, Oh, I can't eat the ice cream. Boo-hoo. Poor me. Instead of being like, Oh, actually I feel crappy when I eat dairy. Um, you know, there are alternatives, which is amazing now. So we can get like coconut ice cream or whatever. Um, but yeah, just kind of, you know, looking at how do I actually feel? And I think feeling my best is so much worth, it's much more worth it than actually having 2.5 seconds of an ice cream and then just being sick for the next week, right? Exactly. And that's, and that's exactly what the 30 day recharge blueprint is all about. Like it's just PDFs and eBooks and videos of just like educating you so that then you can make the choice. Cause I think that's what a lot of us don't do. We're like, Oh, sugar's bad. Oh, dairy's bad. Oh, it's this. And instead of actually knowing why, you're just, and you get curious about it and then you're kind of demonizing it and you're doing all these things. But when you learn about it, you're like, oh, it's making peace with your enemy. And then you can make the choice from there. But if you're just doing it out of fear, it's not a very healthy relationship with this life. Like, I think it totally needs to be just, okay, yeah, all right. I don't want to do that to my body. And then you can move forward. 
hundred percent agree. And if you eat it, then enjoy it. Like I've done that before. Like I had gluten in our dairy. Exactly. And I was like, I'm going to enjoy this so much, and then I'm going to move on with my life. <laughs> oh my god, I I, tra- I just like did. I traveled around Europe in April, and I was like, um, I'm going to eat the cheese and the bread because what? Yes, like I know exactly what it's going to do, but I'm going to savor this. <laughs> Yeah, and then another thing, I don't know if you've noticed, but compared to uh, United States and Canada, um, it's different. The quality is different, so I don't mm-hmm. get the same symptoms. I hear that a lot from other people, too. You know, less maybe glyphosate and pesticides and not as processed, maybe even less gluten in the bread. Um, and then, obviously, the traditional process of making cheese, there's actually, like, enzymes in there, etc. But then we also have supplements we can bring with us like I love probiotics and charcoal um, enzymes I always bring those with me so there's always something to help you minimize the damage if you do go that route which is helpful (laughs) exactly exactly (laughs) but I definitely want to talk a little bit about constipation because I think it's something that a lot of people as I mentioned don't really understand and they might think that they're not constipated but then when I ask them how many times do you go per day sometimes it's not um you know maybe every other day or maybe once a day but then it also depends like what your poop looks like so let's talk all about poop and constipation yay it's the best topic it is. <laughs> <laughs> um okay so what do you want to know about it? like what is constipation yeah so let's start off with what is constipation exactly like how would we know that we're constipated Okay, so obviously if you're not going poop, um, but what you want to aim for is within 30 minutes of you waking up, you want to have a solid poop that looks like a banana, essentially. Um, And I know a lot of people are like, oh no, I can only go after I have my cup of coffee or I only go, (laughs) yeah, it's like one of those things or it's just like little pebbles and they're like, it's fine, but like, they're having a lot of struggle when it happens. Like I go every day. It's not every three days, but it's just like very hard on them. I'm like, no, it's still, that's not what we're aiming for. It's supposed to be a smooth exit within 30 minutes of waking up, no stimulants needed. Um, And I mean, the, the ideal, but it's not very, you know, is having a poop after every meal, um, like three times a day, but that's not, I aim for just one with my clients just because that's even a magic one (laughs) to start off with. And so you mentioned um, if we are using, if we can't go without coffee, that would be a big indicator that it's kind of being used as a laxative, right? So exactly. Would somebody have to go off coffee in that instance or how do you go about that? I have them wait on their coffee. So it will be getting into the habit of drinking water first. So if you are someone that's not pooping right away, it's having 50 ounces of water first thing. And then it's like called water therapy. It's 50 ounces of water straight in the morning, waiting an hour before you have any food or anything like that, and then eating your food. And then hopefully that will release um, any backup that you have with just the water therapy, then eating your food and then having coffee. So then seeing if you can get into that rhythm as opposed to, because your body is like, it's a clock it loves routine it loves all this so it's going to shock the system at first but once you break that routine of okay I'm going to now have water and then eat and then have my coffee and then get into that routine of like oh it's 30 minutes I wake up here we go and a lot of people as well like it's tuning in to see what your morning routine is so if you're someone that jumps out of bed jumps in the shower goes straight to work you're not giving your you're shocking your system straight when you wake up you're not telling your body like okay it's safe to eliminate because this ties back to just like 
an evolutionary point of what I was speaking on earlier is if you are running from a saber-toothed tiger, the last thing you're going to do is need, be needing to poop. I mean, you might be pooping because you're scared, but like, <laughs> but like if you're waking up and just jumping out of bed, it's just give yourself 30 extra minutes to really tune into your breath, let your body know that it's safe, and then get into that habit as well. Yes, slow mornings. I'm all about that. So yes. do you have any hacks for the person who relies on, I know you just talked about water, but do you have any other hacks? <laughs> for me, honestly, it's funny. I got some people on the celery juice train. I kind of have it once in a while. It's not like, you know, mandatory for me, but I do find some people have told me like it literally makes them go like right away. Do you have any other things like that that are obviously <laughs> not laxatives? but you know, that kind of help you in the morning if you are in a place that you rely on coffee. Do you have any hacks? <laughs> so it's one of those things, it's tune into how are you pooping? You know, the squatty potty is yes. one of those golden tickets that, I mean, I live in Asia, so it's not, it's not uncommon for people. <laughs> um, but so getting a squatty potty, looking at how you are pooping, because if you are sitting on a Western toilet, you're basically, if you think of like an accordion, you're just kind of cramping everything up. So if you can, if you don't want to go purchase a squatty potty, I'm a huge fan of getting thrifty and just using that small little garbage can right next to you um, and placing your feet up um, as well as like focusing on your breath um, because breath from the gut and all of that and tapping into your parasympathetic nervous system is a huge one. Um, I haven't actually heard of the celery juice one to be completely honest. Um, I haven't tapped, I haven't tapped into that whole thing <laughs> well it definitely um, works <laughs> I haven't tested that but yeah so checking into how you're pooping drinking the water um also eating like papaya and pineapple those are one of my favorite ones as well for people that are backed up because they have those enzymes that help you digest um walking if you can do a little bit of movement in the morning um even just like pacing around your apartment if you can and then supplements I would use is like magnesium because it does uh, attract water to the colon to help relieve constipation. And that would be, which one would you use? Citrate, oxide? Citrate. Okay. I use the um, calm. The calm okay, natural calm, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. And so also stress is a big one because we mentioned, you know, we need to be in the parasympathetic state to be able to digest properly. But then I know a lot of people – for instance, me before, like a few years ago, I could not go to the bathroom if it was not in my own home. And like, if it wasn't, <laughs> if it wasn't public, I could not do it. It was like a mental thing. Um, but yeah, could you talk to us a little bit about like how that actually affects um, constipation too? And like maybe some tips on how to manage that? Stress. Stress and, and, like, and digestion yeah. constipation. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were talking about like being poop shy. I'm like, um, I mean, that, <laughs> um that's another it goes hand in hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so stress and the gut and all of that. So what stress does to the gut lining is that it weakens the mucus layer, like protective layer. So that's kind of ties back to leaky gut. So things that you can add in is um, mindfulness practice and that doesn't mean like meditation and all that because I know a lot of people are like I mean we all know it's good for you but some people think it's a little woo-woo but it's finding something that it just takes you out of your hyper mental state so it can be 
reading a fiction book. It could be listening to music. It could be just coloring, <laughs> like doing something that takes you out of your body for a little bit so that you can tap into that parasympathetic. Um, a big one I like to do with clients is three deep belly breaths before and after meals to help kickstart those digestive juices because a lot of us nowadays we're breathing from our chest which is just like a hyperactive state and if you look at like how children breathe and like all of that they're breathing from their gut and i mean they're the most authentic human beings we can like learn from right um so tapping in and taking three deep belly breaths before and after a meal to help kickstart those juices um being present when you're eating a lot of us nowadays we're sitting on our phone we're answering emails we're worried about work something like that but if you can just leave it at the door for that 30 minutes to an hour that you are consuming food so that you can actually digest it and pay attention to that and then metap and then be able to use it and uh, you know absorb and do all that stuff those things are really really key yeah i love that you mentioned that because i think a lot of people like i used to work in a health food store and people would come in and it would always be digestive problems and they would be looking for the supplement like the quick fix <laughs> but it's interesting because people don't even stop or they actually find it hard. Well, it obviously is harder to make lifestyle changes than to pop a pill, but they don't really look at like, how are you actually eating? Like most people are eating in their car on the go. They literally don't even realize they aren't chewing their food properly, which I didn't know I was not doing till like five years ago. Um, and actually like sitting down. Um, I've even had um, people say that eating for 20 minutes is like, without looking on, you know, looking at a video or their phone is impossible for them. So we've really gotten out of this place of, you know, sitting down and actually eating as a community. Cause it's kind of, it has always been a social event, you know, just sitting down, taking like at least an hour to eat. Um, now I usually tell people take half an hour, but that's still something that's not really done because most work breaks are maybe half an hour, but by the time you get your food, you sit down, you eat, you have like 10 minutes to eat it. So it is something, I'm so glad that you mentioned that. It's something that we just don't think about. And we might as well start there compared to going to the supplement, right? Exactly. It's, it's looking at the lifestyle as opposed to all these quick fixes. Like, yes, like we talked about earlier, it's the enzymes and stuff are great for when you're traveling, but that should not be your normal day life. You should really tune into and in making that time sacred, that time a ritual, just like you did um when you were a kid and you got home from school and like dinner time right like think back to that it's like you got home you talked about your day you gave your highlights you gave thanks you did all of that stuff and it really it was it was a time when uh, around community and bonding a great i always like think of the parisians and like how calm and like healthy they are and like it's it and they eat all the wine and cheese and bread on the world right but they sit around, it's a communal thing, it's breaking bread, it's sitting down, it's digesting, it's enjoying the time that you have. And I know you can't really do that all the time, but instead of looking at, oh, it must be the food that I'm eating. It's like, no, how are you eating? Because you can eat all the kale salads in the world, but if you're not dealing with how you're eating or what you're thinking and all of that stuff, it doesn't really matter. You're not digesting it. <laughs> 100% agree. And so what would you say going on to the food a little bit? Because of course, lifestyle is really important, but it is also important that we eat healthy food. So what are kind of totally. your top foods for digestion? So lots of fiber. So you want to be making sure and like not your grandma's like, 
fake fiber, just like vegetables, like eating the rainbow every single day. I've been reading so many memes lately. I'm just like 30 colors a week, which um, with my clients, I like to have four colors on a plate every, every day. Cause then you're eating the rainbow. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to make sure that they are slightly cooked um easier to digest for a lot of people with also like some that are fresh because it gives you the diversity again because they use different enzymes it keeps going on um obviously fermented foods i like to have at least one a day ideally one at every meal um like just a forkful of like sauerkraut tempeh miso um kimchi any of those things um and then I like to make sure what else is there? Some root vegetables, those have really good fibers. You also want to have, and they also have prebiotics. That's a good one to look at. So things, if you think of like the hard chewy parts of vegetables, <laughs> um, the like stalks of stuff, those are prebiotics and those help to feed the healthy gut bacteria, um, the probiotics. So if you can get both of those on a plate, it's great. Um, quality protein to help stabilize the moods, help um, keep blood sugar levels stable. And then healthy fat, because our brain needs that, our body needs that, our hormones need that. (laughs) Um, So yeah, so keeping, that's like what I have my clients focus on is the rule of five is like a fresh veg, a cooked veg, a fermented food, a quality protein, and a healthy fat. I love it. And so I want to talk a little bit about probiotics just to finish things off here because they are a hot topic right now. Um, But you mentioned (laughs) fermented foods. So I think a lot of people are getting into like making their own, which is awesome because it actually Mm -hmm. is like so cheap and you're controlling what's in it. Um, What is your opinion on supplementing probiotics versus eating probiotics? So I am actually a huge fan of supplementing for probiotics. I try and have my, well, depending on if you've cleaned out your gut and everything, because if your gut's not clean, then you're just going to spike things off, um, like things with like SIBO and stuff. Um, so assuming that you don't have that, getting a probiotic, a good quality spore-based probiotic. Um, I personally like the ones from Silver Fern because it's, um, spore-based means it's, if you think of like the bits, if you're looking at a carrot and it has like, at a farmer's market and it has like the, like uh dirt still in it like it's the sports from the earth it's all that it gets through your digestive tract start to finish make sure that it's flooding it with good bacteria um and i like to have those as well as a fermented food um because just with the modern lifestyle we're completely throwing like we wouldn't even be having this talk if our guts were all fine um, and with the modern world, we're all suffering from like some type of, not all, but majority of us are suffering from some type of gut dysbiosis. And if you're living in a modern world, if you are living in an urban city, if you have ever taken a round of antibiotics, <laughs> there is probably some gut permeability and gut dysbiosis going on. So getting a good quality probiotic plus fermented foods is just like a Sunday with a nice little cherry on top. And so you mentioned spore-based probiotics, so we want to look out for those. But what are some good rules to keep in mind when we're looking for a good quality probiotic? Because there's so many on the market now, but there is also a bunch of crap. And I think a lot of people are just so confused. So could you give us a few tips on like what to look for? Yeah, so you want to be making sure that one, it's a good quality one. So look at the reviews, make sure it's backed by different doctors, see who has all that stuff. You want to be looking at the CFUs um, and making sure that it has a higher number. You want to make sure that it has survivability because a lot of probiotics out there do not guarantee that, which means you are just 
taking it and then your stomach acids are mutilating it. Um, you want to make sure, and that's why I always um, advocate for spore-based ones. We've had the best research behind them, that it has survivability through your entire digestive tract to get to the colon to then help populate the rest of your other healthy bacteria. Amazing. I think that is super helpful. Amazing. Well, I think we could literally keep going for two hours, but we are getting to the end. So thank you so much for your knowledge and your inspiration and everything. Um, you did mention that you do have a program. So you do specialize in gut health, but also look at hormone balancing, mental health um, with your healing to happy program, correct? Yes. Yeah. So I have a 30 day, it launches August 5th. I'll be, it's a 30 days to recharge your gut blueprint, which is just videos, eBooks, all of that stuff. And then you can do some one-on-one -on -one consulting if you want to do that. And then, um, I do do a 90 days to heal your gut for good program. And that's just more one-on-one -on -one in depth personalized program. Amazing. And I saw that you submitted a three-day gut reset and strategy yeah. call for the listeners. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. So it's three days of helping you kind of reset your gut um, just to kind of get a peek at what the whole program is and what the power of food has over you. So it's three days of meals, um, of accountability, of some like little knowledge bombs dropped your way, and then having a quick consultation if you have any questions. It's like a health strategy call. So you'll sign up and give me your health history and then we'll walk you through some actionable steps that you can take today. Amazing. I will put all of that in the show notes so our listeners can grab that. Thank you so much for coming on again. I am so appreciative and I really had a blast chatting with you. Thank you, honey, and have a good rest of your day. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for tuning into today's episode. I hope you loved it. As usual, if you do, I always appreciate a rating and review on iTunes. Super easy to do. takes 30 seconds. If you don't know how to do it, Google it. All the instructions are there. So thank you again for following and for your support. If there's anything you want to hear from us, if there's a topic or question you have, always happy to address it on the podcast. So definitely don't hesitate to reach out. So until next time, bye for now. <laughs>